I was born in a small town in Eastern Europe. I won't tell you its name or which country it's in. I believe it's better if it remains free of tourists. Suffice it to say, it was no place special. It wasn't small enough that everyone knew each other by name, but it was small enough that you'd know most people's faces. It had a mall, a movie theater, nice schools, interesting architecture, more churches than we ever needed, and the biggest point of pride for the locals was our almost zero crime rate. At worst, some teens would vandalize an old building, but other than that, it was the safest town in the country. If you ever went there, you might attribute that to the extreme measures people took to ensure their house could not be broken into. Although you'd only see that if you happened to visit on the last day of the month. I remember the routine very well. We repeated it every month, always on the last day. My mother would kiss my father as he left for work and sternly warn him to come back before sunset. My father always promised that he would, and he never broke that promise. We never had school that day, and most parents, including my mother, didn't allow their children to play outside. Kids and rebellious teenagers were kept indoors all day, along with pets. I later discovered it wasn't always this way, but you know how children are. They start playing with their friends, lose track of time, and when the sunset comes around, they still haven't made it home. It was safer to keep them from leaving home at all. When my father came home, he and my mother would immediately begin locking up. My grandparents always came to spend the night with us. I would sit in the living room with them and watch as my parents went about their careful procedure. My father would carefully lock each and every door and window in the house. My mother would follow him, double-checking each lock and crossing them off a list she carried. When they were done, they would make another sweep of the house. My father triple-checking the locks and my mother pulling down the blinds and closing the curtains. Then they would place a steel plate over the fireplace, screwing it in with practiced ease and do the same to the front and back doors. In the morning, they were removed and put back into the attic. The nights were most awful during winter. Not being able to light up the fireplace meant that the only way to keep warm was to bundle in blankets, which never felt like they were enough, even with six of them piled on top of us. After the locking ceremony, we'd gather in the living room, closing that door also and wait out the night. We could talk, but not very loudly. No one usually felt like talking anyway. We could sleep, but it was rare that anyone actually felt relaxed enough to even try. We always opened the sofa bed though, to spare my grandparents' backs if they wanted to. They never did. We were all too tense, jumping at every slight noise. If the furniture made a cracking sound, we'd almost have a collective heart attack. Hell, a sneeze could induce a panic attack. We kept two oil lamps burning, not because we needed the extra light, but so we wouldn't be left in the darkness should one go out for some reason. And we had a third lamp to be lit should anyone need to go to the bathroom. And if so, 
they never went alone. You had to take two people with you. When I needed to go, my father and grandfather would take me. The bathroom door was kept open while we were in there, and we weren't allowed to flush, no matter what we had done. Whoever accompanied you took my father's shotgun on the trip. Those who stayed in the living room kept the hunting rifle, ready to fire until the others returned. I hated my body on those nights. Hated it and its need to piss and shit. I would try to keep it in for as long as I could, because nothing scared me more than having to cross a dark house with an armed man at my back and another holding a lamp which cast the most horrible shadows. We weren't allowed to simply turn on the lights. No lights, no sound, nothing that might call their attention. It was harder for people with babies and small children. See, they didn't understand the gravity of the situation. They cried loudly and throw tantrums. More babies were buried in my town than any other, accidentally smothered by their mothers, desperately trying to quiet them. There was never an arrest or even an investigation. Everyone understood the terror that had driven them to that. Most nights were quiet. I would distract myself playing cards alone or straining my eyes to read. Sometimes I could get bored enough to forget I was terrified. But there were noisy nights. Nights when they roamed very close to our house. There was no forgetting on those nights. None of us dared to leave the living room when they were closed. And if we really couldn't hold it in, we had to do it in a bucket. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly drove us to such extremes? The thing is, I don't know any more than you do. I never saw anything. No one ever talked about what happened on the last day of every month. It was like it didn't happen. I asked my parents once, when I was very young but old enough to finally realize this wasn't a normal situation. What was out there on those nights? My father shrugged. Evil, he said. I don't think he knew either. But it was evil, of that I'm sure. We could feel it in our bones, an animal instinct rising up as the night got closer, warning us that something was wrong in this place. It was always sunny on the last day of the month, but it always felt cloudy. I noticed that as the years went by. Every time, the daylight felt bluish, yet it also looked like, well, just your perfectly normal sunny day. It never rained. The temperature was always 22C, all day, regardless of the season. The birds still sang, dogs barked, but they sounded underwater. To me, at least. Like I said, nobody mentioned what happened during the night. If others noticed these things, they kept it to themselves. Maybe they preferred to enjoy the normal days and face the night only when it came. I don't know. The rest of the month, everyone lived a normal life and seemed happy. Not me. I just lived a nauseous expectation of the next night. Like I said, I never saw them, but I did hear them. 
on those hellish noisy nights when they chose our home to haunt they'd remind us that the danger was very real we would hold our breaths hearing them try every lock looking for the one we'd forgotten they were as meticulous in their attempted invasion of our home as my parents were in its defense they would turn the handles pull them make the door shudder as they grew frustrated. They would try to open the windows, making them creak in their frames. Sometimes, and God, those were the worst of all, it would make me hug my grandma tight and weep on her shoulder as she wept on mine. Even long after, I could be considered a child. And sometimes, they tried the chimney. In the complete silence of our living room, we would hear a sound, a very subtle rasping sound, like fingernails sliding down the wall. Then the clicks would start. We'd hear them, very deliberate clicks on the other side of that steel plate, like an impatient boss tapping his shoe. My father would grab his shotgun and my grandpa or sometimes my mother would take the rifle and they would aim it at the fireplace. They shook so badly, I doubt they could have hit anything. While they were there, clicking behind the plate, we would feel the wrongness more than ever. The room seemed darker. Sometimes I swear it was like one of the oil lamps went out. What light there was felt bluish again. God forbid someone had used the bucket. The smell grew so intense, it was more like gasoline than piss. They would click and click and click, and one time, they knocked. I'll never forget that sound. A polite knock from a friendly neighbor, in the form of a war hammer beating on a steel plate. The sound echoed and the plate was dented. We had to get it replaced. Then there came more clicks, and finally we heard them sliding up the chimney again. Whoever had managed to not drop their weapon would continue shakingly aiming it at the fireplace until dawn. Another time we heard them upstairs. They got in. I mean, they didn't get in. They could have, or I wouldn't be here writing this. We checked the locks in the morning, and we hadn't forgotten a single one. But we heard them. We heard their footsteps in the room above ours. My bedroom. Walking very slowly. Stepping on every creaking floorboard. We think they did it on purpose. They wanted us to know they were there. My father was brave enough to get up and lock the living room door. But then he came to us and we all huddled together crying as quickly as we could as they creaked their way downstairs and came to the door. They started scratching it. Not like an animal, not with claws. They just scratched it very lightly. It was dark. I didn't see anything under the door. But it felt like they were there for hours, scratching away at the wood. In the morning, my throat hurt from trying to smother my sobs for so long. I couldn't sleep anymore, even though we were supposedly safe the other nights of the month. 
I begged my parents to move away. I think at one point I literally got down on my knees and implored them to leave. They told me to be quiet. It was only one night. Nothing had happened. They didn't really get in. We must have gotten too scared and started hearing things, they said. And so before the end of the month, I ran away. I was 15. I've never looked back. And sometimes I regret having been so rash. I miss my family, but I'm afraid of calling them or even sending them a letter. As far as I know, they only haunt that town. I'm afraid that maybe my family didn't move because we're not allowed to leave. I don't know, but I'm too afraid to risk doing anything that could make them find me and spread beyond that town. I still lock every door and window, every night now, just in case. And I have a girlfriend. She believes I have OCD and tolerates this behavior. And she's helping me get over my fear of going outside past sundown. I'm afraid she's not having much success. I know she'll probably get tired of trying to fix me and leave. But I wonder sometimes if a life like this was worth the escape. What would have happened if they had gotten through that locked door? I don't know that either. All I know is that, very rarely, but still all too often, someone would make a mistake. A husband wouldn't check the locks enough times. A wife wouldn't close the shutters all the way. A child would have become curious and open a window, just to see. And in the morning, the town would be short one family. No one ever mentioned the disappeared family again. Just like them, it was like they never even existed. Their house would be sold. The new owners would look out for any crack they might come in through. And the months would go on. And after what happened on my last night, I'm certain all those security measures were useless anyway. They could always come in any time they wanted. I don't know what they are, what they do to their victims, if they eat them or drag them to hell or unmake them or what. I don't know what's their connection to that town. I do know that if they want to show me, a locked door won't stop them. I lock it anyway, just in case.